Welcome to the History AI Podcast, where the past comes alive with facts, anecdotes, and a dash of humor. Here are your hosts, Chuck and Marco. Welcome back, history enthusiasts, to another episode of the History AI Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck, joined as always by the man who knows more about historical battles than anyone I know, Marco. How's it going, Marco? Hey, Chuck. Doing great, thanks. Excited to delve into a rather unique piece of history today. And by unique, I mean deliciously named, but not so delicious in its consequences. That's right, folks. Today, we're serving up a full course on the pastry war. A conflict that might sound like a food fight but was actually a significant military engagement between Mexico and France in the late 1830s. So Marco, ready to slice into this one? Absolutely, Chuck. But before we get into the meat of it, let's set the table with a bit of context about the world at that time. Picture this, the 1830s. The world is a bustling place, where empires are playing chess with nations, and newly independent countries are like teenagers, eager to prove themselves but stumbling over the furniture in the dark. Mexico, having recently kicked Spain out after a long it's not you, it's me of breakup, was finding its footing as a country. And then there's France, under King Louis Philippe, who's kind of like that friend who insists on getting paid back for every little thing. Remember that time I lent you a franc for a baguette in 1825? I've come to collect, with interest. Amidst all this, the Americas are a hot mess of political revolutions, economic upheavals, and the occasional invasion by European powers, because apparently, they hadn't had enough of each other back home. It's in this world that our story is set, a time when a squabble over pastries could lead to an international conflict. That's right folks. Before Twitter wars, there were pastry wars. A simpler time perhaps, but not necessarily sweeter. So, grab your favorite dessert, and let's dig into the deliciously complicated tale of the pastry war. The spark that lit the oven of the pastry war wasn't a grand act of aggression or a declaration of ideological differences. No, it was something far more relatable, a complaint from a pastry chef. Imagine a French chef, apron dusted with flour, waving a rolling pin in outrage as his bakery in Mexico City gets ransacked not by customers craving his croissants, but by Mexican officers during a riot. Right, and this chef, Monsieur Remontel, was not about to let his creme brulee be smashed without recompense. He pens a letter to King Louis-Philippe, Dear King, they've smashed my pastries. I demand justice, and 600,000 pesos. The amount he asked for was, let's just say, a bit rich for Mexico's taste at the time. Now France, seeing an opportunity to flex its muscles and maybe secure a sweet deal, took this bakery brawl to the highest levels. It wasn't just about the pastries, there were other grievances too, like unpaid debts and damages to French properties during Mexico's tumultuous teething phase post-independence. But it's the bakery incident that gets all the press, because who doesn't love a story that involves dessert? So France, under the guise of protecting its citizens' rights, and perhaps the sanctity of French cuisine, issued an ultimatum to Mexico, pay up, or we're coming over. And Mexico, already dealing with its internal squabbles and economic woes, was like, seriously? Over pastries? But alas, this wasn't a baking dispute that could be settled with a bake-off. No, this was the 19th century, and things escalated quickly. France, with its navy, blockades Mexican ports, essentially putting Mexico in a culinary headlock. Pay the chef, they said, 
or no more imports for you. And that, dear listeners, is how a dispute over a ransack bakery led to an international conflict. It's a reminder that in history, sometimes the smallest spark can ignite the biggest fires, or in this case, bake the most significant pies. Once the French Navy arrived at Mexico's doorstep, it was clear this wasn't going to be settled by a friendly kitchen debate over who makes the best éclairs. France was ready to turn up the heat, blockading Mexican ports faster than you can say souffle collapse. Mexico, on the other hand, found itself in a pickle, or should we say, a flambéed fruit tart. President Anastasio Bustamante, probably wondering how disputes over pastries escalated to naval blockades, had to rally a nation that was as divided as a pie chart at a budget meeting. The French objective was as clear as the glass on a perfectly baked tart tatin compel Mexico to fork over the dough, both for the pastries and other damages. They were ready to sprinkle their military might all over Mexico's coastline like confectioner's sugar on a beignet. But Mexico wasn't about to let their cake be taken and eaten too. Despite being outgunned and underfunded, the Mexican spirit was as fiery as a well-flambéed crepe Suzette. The defense of Veracruz in particular showcased Mexico's determination not to crumble under pressure. Speaking of Veracruz, the French thought they'd batter down the city's defenses like a chef kneading dough. But the Mexicans, led by General Santa Ana, whipped up a resistance that was more stubborn than a meringue peak in a humid kitchen. Santa Ana, in fact, would later become more famous, or infamous, depending on who you ask, for other parts of Mexican history. But during the Pastry War, he was the master chef of defense, orchestrating a recipe for resistance that left the French tasting the bitter flavor of frustration. This culinary conflict wasn't all savory for Santa Ana, though. In a skirmish that could only be described as half-baked by the fates, he was hit in the leg, which later had to be amputated. They say he gave his leg the same honors as a fallen hero, which is either deeply patriotic or an early example of extreme meal prep. Through sieges, naval blockades, and the occasional sprinkle of heroism, the pastry war was a reminder that even the smallest disputes can escalate into full-blown conflicts. And while the French might have had superior firepower, the Mexicans had a secret ingredient, unyielding national pride. So, as the smoke cleared from the battlefields and the ovens cooled, both sides took a moment to reassess. Was all this fuss really worth it over some pastries? History would suggest not, but then again, history has never tasted a perfectly crafted French pastry. In the kitchen of conflict, every chef has their signature dish. For the French, it was the naval blockade, a recipe designed to starve Mexico into submission. Think of it as putting a tight lid on a pot to prevent the steam from escaping, except the steam was Mexico's economy. And then there's General Santa Ana, Mexico's answer to a celebrity chef with a flair for the dramatic and a penchant for theatrics. Known for his later roles in Mexican history, during the Pastry War. He was more like the head chef refusing to let anyone else in the kitchen, even if his cooking methods were, let's say, unconventional. Santa Ana's defense tactics were akin to throwing everything but the kitchen sink at the French. When the French bombarded Veracruz, Santa Ana orchestrated a defense that was part improvisation, part desperation, and entirely audacious. It's like he was trying to make a souffle rise in a tornado, somehow, it held up longer than anyone expected. But it wasn't just about the big names. This conflict was seasoned with tales of unsung heroes, those lying cooks of the military world if you will. Soldiers and civilians alike who, despite being outflanked and outgunned, showed the kind of resilience that would make even the toughest steak tender. 
The tactics on display ranged from traditional siege defenses, picture a stubborn old chef refusing to adopt new recipes, to guerrilla warfare, the culinary equivalent of throwing in a surprise ingredient to throw off the competition. Mexico might not have had the firepower, but they had the home field advantage and knew how to use it. The French, for their part, relied on their superior navy and military training, much like a classically trained chef relies on technique and presentation. Yet, for all their precision and planning, they found the Mexican spirit harder to digest than they anticipated. And let's not forget the aftermath of Santa Ana's leg incident. The man threw a funeral for his own leg, complete with full military honors. If that's not adding a dash of theatrics to the stew of history, I don't know what is. It's as if he decided, if I can't beat them with my tactics, I'll certainly leave them puzzled for centuries. In the end, the pastry war served up a buffet of military maneuvers and personal valor. From blockades to bombardments, sieges to sniper fire, it was a showcase of 19th century warfare, all sparked by a dispute over damaged dough. Who knew the recipe for conflict could be so gourmet? And while the tactics may have been varied, the outcome was a testament to the fact that sometimes, the underdog has enough spice to make the meal unforgettable. Mexico may not have won every battle, but they certainly left their mark on the taste buds of history. When the last crumb had settled on the pastry war, you'd think the menu of consequences would be straightforward, perhaps a simple dish of reparations served cold. But the aftertaste of this conflict lingered longer and was more complex than a mole sauce with a secret ingredient. Indeed Marco Mexico, having been put through the culinary blender, was left with a hefty bill, the 600,000 pesos demanded by France. It's like going out for a fancy dinner and then being shocked by the hidden charges. Wait, was the water really that expensive? And let's not overlook the garnish on this dish of diplomacy, the realization among Mexican leaders that their country was more appetizing to foreign powers than they'd hoped. The pastry war exposed Mexico's vulnerabilities and set the table for future interventions by other European chefs, I mean, countries. It was also a lesson in the importance of having a unified recipe for national defense. Mexico's internal divisions had made it easier for the French to sprinkle their influence over the region. It was a wake-up call that perhaps it was time to update the cookbook of governance. On the French side, the war was like a chef successfully defending the honor of his signature dish, only to find the dining room empty. Sure, they'd flexed their military muscle and made their point, but at what cost? The whole affair was a public relations souffle that refused to rise, leaving France to ponder whether the juice was worth the squeeze. The pastry war also left crumbs that would lead to future conflicts, notably the Mexican-American War and later the French intervention in Mexico. It seems the recipe for foreign entanglements was written during this seemingly minor skirmish over pastries. And let's not forget the cultural impact. The pastry war, with all its quirks and confections, became a part of the rich tapestry of Mexican history. It's a reminder that sometimes, history's most lasting lessons come from the most unexpected places, like a bakery in Mexico City. Absolutely Marco. The pastry war showed that even the smallest spark, a dispute over pastries of all things, can ignite a firestorm that changes the course of a nation. It's a slice of history that proves the pen, or in this case, the pastry bag, can be mightier than the sword. So, as we digest the lessons of the pastry war, let's remember that history often serves up surprises, and it's our job to savor each bite. After all, who knows what other deliciously complex stories await in the oven of the past. As with any conflict, the pastry war had its share of casualties. 
while it may not have been a full-blown banquet of battle, the losses were more than just a spilled milk situation. Lives were lost, and resources were drained, proof that even a conflict sparked by confectionery concerns can have a bitter aftertaste. True Chuck. It's like when you're experimenting in the kitchen and end up burning the roast. Except, in this case, the roast is national pride, and the kitchen is an entire country. The human cost, while not as extensive as in other historical conflicts, was a stark reminder of the war's seriousness, despite its seemingly trivial origins. And let's not forget the financial toll. Mexico was left to foot the bill, which, in the grand scheme of their economy, was like being forced to order the most expensive dish on the menu when you're not even hungry. It strained their national budget and added to the pile of economic challenges they were already facing. But in the kitchen of history, every dish serves as a lesson. The pastry war, with all its quirks, was a course in the importance of diplomacy, the cost of pride, and the unpredictability of international relations. It was a reminder that sometimes, the smallest spark can lead to a fire that cooks up a whole new reality for nations involved. And as we put a lid on our discussion of the pastry war, let's remember the ingredients it contributed to the broader recipe of history, national sovereignty, the balance of power, and the recognition that every action, no matter how small, can have far-reaching consequences. So, whether you're a history buff, a culinary enthusiast, or just someone who appreciates the odd and unexpected, the pastry war serves as a reminder that the world's events are interconnected in the most surprising ways, like a complex dish where every flavor has its place. With that, we wrap up another episode of the History AI Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this journey through one of history's more unique conflicts. It's been a feast for thought, seasoned with a dash of humor and a sprinkle of insight. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share our podcast. Your five-star reviews are the creme brulee atop our efforts, helping us reach more listeners and continue exploring history's vast and varied menu. And if you've got a topic you're hungry to learn more about, let us know on social media. We're always on the lookout for the next fascinating story to sink our teeth into. Plus, check out our merchandise in the show notes to carry a piece of the History AI podcast with you. And as a thank you to our listeners, we're offering a 10% discount on your first purchase. Just use the code the History AI podcast, all one word, at checkout. Until next time, I'm Marco. And I'm Chuck. Thanks for listening, and remember, in the banquet of history, every meal tells a story. Goodbye, and keep feasting on knowledge. Step into the thrilling world of sports betting with The Starting Line, an introduction to sports betting. Whether you're a beginner or simply curious, this comprehensive guide takes you from the basics to the advanced. Learn to decode odds, develop winning strategies, and bet responsibly. Get your copy now and transform every game into an adventure. The starting line is your first step towards mastering the art of sports betting. Available on Amazon.